Welcome to The Big Remote. My name is Andy Pullane. I'm an independent service design and innovation consultant, trainer, and writer. We're in the middle of an unprecedented social experiment with so many people working remotely and many entire families staying at home. Yet there's so much that still connects us together and that we can learn from. Maybe this is all new and you're discovering a new lifestyle. Maybe you've been working remotely for years and now everyone else in your team or your company is doing it and your family too. The Big Remote dives into guests' remote work and collaboration tips, remote life hacks, tips on entertaining yourself and your kids, personal stories and more. My guest today is an ex-colleague, Adam Roatmill, Interaction Design Craft Lead at Fjord in the Washington, D.C. office, so right in the center of it all. Welcome to The Big Remote, Adam. Good to be with you. So tell me, tell me about your life. Tell me about your uh, remote experience and what's going on for you. Uh, well, so for me, um, all of this started back uh, just before Lunar New Year. My mother-in-law was coming to visit actually from Beijing. And this was going to, we do this every year. So this was going to be just another, uh, you know, family holiday get together that was going to last about two weeks. Um, and then as this, so, so we kind of knew that there was a virus, but it's still for, at least from my point of view, it still felt very much like a problem that was happening in China. Right. Um, and so, in a specific bit of China at that point in time, right? Probably right, around, Wuhan. Which is, this, cause, yeah, yeah. but this was in like, when was this? It was like January, right? Just early February, end of January. Okay. Right. Um, so, yeah, so far from, uh, pretty far from Beijing. So I almost felt like, wouldn't it be great if you could stay longer, right? Like, so you could be safe uh, yeah. in the States and you could stay with us. Uh, and then as things started taking shape, um, th- the tables were sort of turned in a way, which surprised me. I mean, I didn't think right. it was going to turn out that way, but uh, it looks like it would have actually been safer to go back, at least right now. Um, <laughs> but fortunately, she's here, fortunately for me and, and my wife, because um, we're both working from home. Um, And we do have a two-year-old daughter, Sarah. So uh, fortunately, you know, my mother-in-law, Lily, has been incredibly generous uh, with with taking care of Sarah during the day so we can still work about the same. And I know not everyone has that um, luxury, so I'm very grateful. Yeah. So how is the, I mean, one of the things that's happened is that the, the rhythm or the cadence of people's days has changed significantly, partly because they're, you know, they're at home with kids and working, um, you know, some people have worked remotely before, but their kids have been in, you know, childcare or daycare or school and stuff. So how's, how things changed for you? Uh, well, I think there's been pros and cons. Uh, I had grown accustomed to about an hour and a half drive each way going into DC. Right. right? And at the time I rationalized it as, you know, this is kind of my alone time where I can listen to music really loud. And podcasts, um, but, of course. And podcasts. <laughs> so, so that's gone. Uh, so I actually, yeah, no commute, uh, no parking, no traffic, uh, don't have to buy expensive lunches. So there's definitely been some real upsides uh, uh-huh. to it. But on the other hand, you know, I really wonder because so much of our craft uh, and the way we work at Fjord is such a tactile thing. We've got, yeah. you know, a lot of wall space with the sticky notes and a lot of our methods, you know, there's, you do things by hand so much. And I really kind of wonder if anything's getting lost by us being more fragmented and, and working digitally. So how are you coping with that as, as a studio at the moment? 
Uh, well, it's case by case, right? So I have a I have some contact wallpaper where I've recreated a whiteboard and a blackboard. Um, I ordered. It just occurred to me the other day that I was going to have to order a bunch of sticky notes and sharpies <laughs> from Amazon, right. which I did. So those should be coming any day. Right, and then they're not as uh, yet as, as um, sort of rare items as toilet paper or anything. You are actually managing to get hold of them. Right? I'm I've, I'm ahead of the curve. No one's corner. No one's hoarding uh, sticky notes yet. Well, you know what will happen when, when people run out of toilet paper, all the designers are just going to have to turn to sticky notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you've managed to sort of recreate. Um, have you actually, actually had to recreate some stuff that you had up in the, in the studio and you've kind of had to rebuild here? Or, or are, you just, are you starting a new project where you're kind of just starting from scratch at home? Uh, the main thing was our physical Kanban board which was up in the in the team room. Uh, fortunately, yeah. we had pictures of it. So we were able to migrate all that stuff over to um, Microsoft Teams Planner, yeah. which has been working fine. Right. Okay. So, yeah, so Fjord, it belongs to Accenture and Accenture Federal Services are the kind of, um, is the office in, in DC. So you're right in the... Um, sort of at the heart of where a lot of stuff is going on, of course, at the moment. Now, I know there's stuff you can't talk about, but um, you must have seen changes going on with your clients, with all these agencies uh, and departments that you've been working with. What's your experience of that been like? There was definitely a feeling, a really visceral feeling that the other shoe was about to drop. Uh, We were still going into client sites for meetings, but I was bringing hand sanitizer and I definitely, it was very much in my mind, like, do I want to press that elevator button? You know, (laughs) and I'd put the hand sanitizer on right away. Uh, And it was just a couple days later that we got some guidance that people were saying, well, you know, we're thinking that if you feel more comfortable working from home, that's something we can explore. And then things moved so rapidly that quickly became a message more like, we want you to work from home. We want everybody to, to work from home. And and what about the client from the sort of client side? You know, from the those agencies, has anyone been having um, you know particular difficulties or done anything novel that you you know of? There's something that we're trying to figure out right now because we're using the scaled agile framework on right, this right, project. Yeah. So, you know, for people who haven't used Safe, uh, it involves uh, consecutive full day planning where about a hundred people come together. Right. So it doesn't exactly right. jive with social distancing, and we're still working on how to do right. that remotely okay you'll have to come back and and tell me how that's uh, how that's gone and um so you're obviously then kind of wedded to the uh sort of you know extension if you use the microsoft suite quite a lot is there anything else that you've kind of switched to in terms of sort of tools or ways of working well you know it's funny because we already had some uh, remote sessions just using uh, Teams, so using Skype or using anything like that, yeah, using yeah. Zoom. So we're able to keep using a lot of those same tools just to have the video connection. But one thing that's interesting is that we're all using video a lot more than we ever did yeah. in the past because you're craving, you're craving seeing a person's face and feeling connected. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So, you know, as people know, I used to be at Fjord and one of the things was in, in, in sort of consulting culture in general, it's not just Accenture, but, you know, everyone says, oh, well, let's jump on a call. And, you know, I, I used to, I've been remote for quite a while and I used to make a point of turning on my video and sort of 
kind of using a bit of social pressure really to get others to do so and, and reluctantly people would sometimes go oh, oh yeah okay I suppose I'll turn on my video too because it makes quite a lot of difference uh, but it also stops people from multitasking and kind of sneakily checking their emails and stuff so um, so is that what you're talking about people switch from those kind of just audio calls where sort of half the time people aren't really paying attention to now there's that kind of real direct uh, video interaction yeah, I mean, we've all been invited into each other's homes for better or for worse. And so that yeah. creates a level of almost intimacy that usually wouldn't be there. Usually you, people talk about work-life balance and there's yeah. kind of a bifurcation between the two. But now it's really about work-life integration in a big way yeah. since you can't. So how can work and life, instead of being mutually exclusive, how can they become mutually enhancing so that, you know, and, and so... You know, the studio has been really good about um, giving us some tips. They've said, if you're going to take a meeting, go ahead and put your earphones on and, and go take a walk while you do that meeting. If you don't, if you don't need to be writing stuff down, uh, yeah. you know, or if you're going to do career counseling, which is something we do where we, uh, we build each other up and help, you know, help colleagues grow, do that as a walk. Um, so, you know... It's interesting because you can still work, but there's a lot more leeway now um, with this kind of wellness approach. Yeah, it's interesting also that, isn't it, about the acceptance of bringing, essentially bringing much more of yourself uh, to work. And I, I, I wonder if that's sort of going to go away again, whether people are going to be so sort of happy to sort of put on the suits and put on the mask or whether that's an, you know, a one way street that once you've seen inside someone's house and once you've seen you know their dog or their cat or their baby or their, whoever climbing all over them in the middle of a call that some of the usual sort of barriers that we we put up some of the armor that we wear at work um will be permanently gone i think it will for better or for worse um you know and i think it's interesting because when you work together you need to be able to develop that trust yeah. uh and Part of developing trust is showing vulnerability. It's yeah. showing, yeah, I have a two and a half year old that's running around and I've got like a pink tricycle behind me and you can see it on my camera, you know, um, but it, it does show that, yeah, we're all people and yeah. um, we're not just our job title and we're not just our resume, but we are really people that come home. Yeah, it's been interesting. I, it feels like a much needed kind of humanization of work, actually, which had become kind of quite unhuman in some respects, particularly when everyone's got their kind of heads down and, and sprinting. Have you found that any of your um, uh, experiences of kind of putting together teams and running teams in a, uh, on projects has had something to bear in the way you kind of work or in the way your, your family life is, is kind of run because it's, it's much, much harder to, you know, there's lots of negotiation that goes on as much, much harder to kind of create divisions. And I'm wondering if there are things to learn from, from either direction. Well, on the project that I'm working on now for department of commerce, we are using the Google style sprint weeks and we've right. started using it. So we're continuing with that method. Now, if, you know, I, I'm not sure that that method is ideally suited for doing it remotely because yeah. I think it really, you know, it brings people together. There's so much benefit for with there's so much benefit to it if everyone is in the same space, but we are making it work remotely. Um, something else that I've started doing is uh, just really making a point of carving out time for good food. This is important to me because I think, you know, this, this is one of the advantages that you have of 
being at home. Yeah. Uh, I love to cook. I think maybe more than most people. Um, and it's so much easier for now. So, you know, one of the things that I've done recently is I've been making a lot of homemade pasta from scratch. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. So, the actual, the actual pasta itself. Absolutely. I just flour, eggs, and it's super easy. Uh, I make the dough, you know, I let it relax, I roll it out. And then, uh, you know, I can either make, you know, uh, spaghetti or I can roll, I can make, um, made tortellini actually the other day with my mother-in-law, which is funny because tortellini is basically like a Chinese style dumpling that right. is folded end to end. Um, so there was a lot of commonality there, you know, nice. but just being it's, able to, it's quite hand intensive that as well, right? To make tortellini, you have to kind of stamp out the, uh, the little things and then kind of put a little spoonful of filling and it's a project, you know, but that's what I get from, I, I get my hour and a half back from driving yeah. and I can spend it on that. Um, so that's been really good. Um, we actually, there was a shortage of ground meats. Uh, and so we were able to get steaks. I have a meat grinder, so we're able to grind fresh meat. And so yeah. I think we've actually had, we've had it pretty good food wise. Yeah. And, um, I don't know what the situation is in Germany. It's, it's sort of semi lockdown as in, you know, try and avoid any kind of non-essential travel and so forth and most of the shops have closed except for kind of food shops um but you know you can go for a walk if there's just you know your family like so two or three of you and or a couple and a kid uh, and you're keeping your distance so you just can't congregate anywhere um so you know i went into town today now in, in germany the shops properly closed on sunday so it just felt like kind of a very very quiet sunday um, because all the cafes are also closed as well. Um, I can imagine in a place like DC, which must be sort of bustling, uh, and then some, have you been able to sort of see outside or go outside and see any of that? I haven't gone back into the city, uh, since it emptied out, but I read the newspaper all the time and, you know, there's been a distinctly kind of twilight zone feeling for me mm. in fact i think there was a movie that was called the day the earth stood still but this is not just oh, one was. day yeah, that's right yeah 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 <laughs> this is like it's going on and on so it feels very eerie um yeah. but at the same it's really funny because when i'm at home in a way i feel i mentally i feel like the rest of the world is still out there like it's still active but i'm also consciously aware that it's shut down yeah yeah it's true. So um, you were telling me about your mother-in-law as well, and that um, what's how's she feeling about it? I mean, it's, it, she's uh, you know come from Beijing, and now well, she's, she's here. yeah, she's very uh, she's cautious about the whole thing. Um, yeah. So her colleagues, she's a doctor. Uh, yeah. uh, she, well, she's an engineer, but in any case, she, so her colleagues were able to send her. Um, masks and all kinds of stuff that are hard to get here. Um, right. So we do use them when we go out. And I think it's much more socially accepted for people to wear masks uh, in Asia, right? I used to live yeah, in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, when I was living in Japan, everyone wore a mask just for if you had a cold. It was yeah, just right, a common right. courtesy. Yeah, uh, yeah. So one thing that I hope will come out of this is that it, it will be become socially acceptable for people to wear a mask if you're sick. Right. I mean, it's a terrible thing that we're going through right now, but I'm confident that we'll get through it. And I think when we do, people might be more vigilant all around in terms of reducing the spread of yeah. all kinds of sicknesses. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I quite often take the, the the train in Germany, and and there I've sometimes been sat next to someone, and they're, they're lovely trains in Germany, but sat next to someone and they're sneezing and coughing, and I just think my first thing is, why aren't you why aren't you at home? And I know for some people it's pretty tough, but other people I feel like there's that sort of thing of, oh, it's okay, I, I can come in, and then uh, and then second thing is, oh my God, you're just kind of you know spreading germs everywhere. So uh, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm hoping that's going to. Um, change things what else do you think is going to change permanently well you know the it's one thing for me to say that i'm eating great food and i'm comfortable but i think the reality Mm. is uh the economy is going to take a huge hit i mean i've been reading a drop in gdp could be as much as 25 percent the unemployment numbers that are about to hit could be as high as three million which is unheard of uh for for the time period that they're measuring and so i think i think that's going to have a really profound impact and i think we don't know yet how that's going to pan out hopefully Mm -hmm. i don't think it'll be permanent but i think it's going to be something that really unfortunately i don't think it's all just going to bounce back i think there will be some really long-term effects Um, and i've actually been excited to see how companies are starting to reorient themselves whether it's a company like Accenture, Amazon, all these different companies are saying, you know, we're actually really well positioned to help with yeah. what's going on. And companies are moving really fast to put themselves in a position to help with the inevitable recovery phase. It's hard not to see it as some, you know, one of those kind of events in long history and so like a meteorite kind of hitting or something where there's you know, it's it's going to mean the extinction probably of some companies who have maybe been kind of taking their time thinking about, um, you know, digital transformation or getting themselves more acceptable, uh, accepting of remote working and so on and so forth. Some companies have made that swing in the last kind of, say, five years. They're obviously just sort of pretty much just able to lean more into what they were already sort of uh, moving towards or already started. Um, others I think are really struggling uh, to to make that switch because they just kind of you know I heard of one the other day of you know basically people didn't even have their own laptops right so you know completely um, struggling to shift a whole workforce remote and I'm sure there's many like that absolutely I mean if you if you drive a taxi how can you really do that remotely or if you're a welder there's no there's no zoom meeting for that yeah, so yeah. I think they they are going to feel a lot of the pain. But another effect that I think and hope will be permanent is that any companies that have been a little bit reluctant or late to the game to embrace remote work as maybe not a permanent thing, but a perfectly viable option. I think yeah. now this is proving that actually, oh, this does work. This can work. Um, and I, I'm hoping that some of the stigma that can be associated with working from a home office will start to go away if we prove over a sustained period of time that we've actually been really productive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that it takes the stigma out of, well, not stigma so much, but I'm hoping that um, one of the things that there's a huge case study of is, do you know what, you can actually massively change the way you work, you know, and I, I'm 
I'm, my biggest fear is that all the work that needs to still be done uh, for climate change and sustainability sort of gets held up or goes out the window because there will all be this panic about getting the economy back on track. Um, where actually it's an opportunity to kind of make a, a quantum shift because you've kind of broken the taboo of making such a kind of big shift. Absolutely. So is there anything else that's changed for you as well? One thing that hasn't changed is my home office setup because I actually teach remotely. So that's something I do in the evenings at uh, Maryland Institute College of Art. And I've gotten used to this this kind of interaction with designers. Yeah. So if you have a class of 20 people uh, at a time and everybody's remote all over the country and, and even in other countries, um, it is a, it, it's a, something you really have to get used to. It's a learned skill, isn't it? This, this stuff, I think I, I have definitely seen, you know, and interacted with people who are suddenly uh, made me aware actually, because it's very, very new to them, made me aware of how used I am to it. Um, because I've seen them really kind of struggle to kind of even just sort of technologically, but also then struggle with the sort of social etiquette of the whole thing. Yeah. And I think there's a phenomenon that can happen. I mean, at least if you're lecturing, if you're talking for an hour, it, you sort of forget that you're sitting in a room in a chair and then yeah, it sort right. of come back to you. It comes back to you like, Oh, right. I'm in this room and I'm not really with these people. It's a very strange sensation. Yeah. One of the things I've struggled to, to do with that is or one of the things I think is hard when doing those kinds of things online, you, you can, in a workshop or in a lecture, you can kind of scan the room with your eyes and get a sense of everyone's body language or if they're kind of slumped and kind of looking up or fidgeting, you know, you know, that thing where you're, um, you hear the fidget level kind of go up and you think, okay, everyone's starting to get a bit restless. I better do something else. You don't get that online. Um, yeah. It's interesting. So um, we're coming up uh, for time. There was a story that you um, you talked about with your uh, mother-in-law about uh, a poster that you ordered from Eric Speakerman. Right. So I have this poster. It says better done than perfect, which I really love. And yeah. the word perfect is misspelled, right? So I love this idea. <laughs> I've got it up on my wall now. But I ordered this poster. It's limited edition. I think there are there are 50 copies. He signed them. I've got number 14. And it was not cheap, you know. And when it arrived, um, she, you know, she placed it out in the rain because she was really worried because it was from Europe that the package might be contaminated. Uh, I was able to Europe. save the poster <laughs> and flatten it out. I actually flattened it out under a huge stack of Touchpoint magazine, uh, which I also <laughs> I haven't read all of them. So I've got to get into that while I have the chance. Somehow that feels very poetic. So I have one, one last thing. Um, you know, what's, what's your kind of number one tip that you've now kind of learned having had this sort of enforced working from home time? Take the opportunity to connect with your family, whether it's a loved one, uh, a child, a mother-in-law, you know, wh whoever's with you right now. And if you're not with anyone right now, then call someone do a FaceTime, just take the opportunity to connect as much as you can and try to sustain those connections. Because when people go through hard times together, it always brings us closer together. That's very good advice. Thank you so much for being my guest on The Big Remote. Thanks, Andy. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to The Big Remote. If you want to learn more about other shows on the This Is HCD network, go to thisishcd.com where you'll find Power of 10 with me, Prod Pod with Adrian Tan, Decoding Culture with Dr. John Curran, 
Ethnopod with Jay Hasbrook, bringing design closer and getting started in design with Jerry Scullion, and Talking Shop with Jerry, myself and some of the other hosts. You can also sign up to our newsletter or join our Slack channel and connect with other designers around the world. My name's Andy Pullane. You can find me at pullane.com or apolane on Twitter. Thanks for listening and see you next time.